Hey everyone. <laughs> so everybody's full laughs in the car right now because we can't believe that we're starting our own podcast. Very strange. Car talk, that's the name. Car talk. <laughs> yes, but everybody's going to think we're talking about cars except we aren't. <laughs> but that's a definitely good name. Not, definitely not. But that's a good name. Car talk. Hey everyone, welcome back to Car Talk. This Car is the name. Yeah. yeah. Hey Kimmy. Who's Kimmy? <laughs> that was. Who's Kimmy? Inside you. Unexpected. <laughs> Who's Kimmy? Yeah. Kimmy said you are Kim Kardashian. Ah, is that? Are you calling so me Kim Kardashian? So I guess that makes me rob in the context of this of this no, situation. If you I'll be robbed. <laughs> Oh. How did it? Well, anyway, someone's got jokes, shots fired. I'm gonna rock with the whole Kimmy situation right now. So, in the true spirit of Kim, I just wanted to share this book that I've been reading. It's called Receiving Love Transform Your Relationship by Letting Yourself Be Loved. Receiving Love Transform Your Relationship. By Letting Yourself Be Loved by Harville Hendricks and Helen LaKelly Hunt. Right? So, I found this book in a bookshop at uh, this week. Um, a second-hand bookshop, actually. In, and very interesting book. So, this lady who actually works, who owns this bookshop, um, is, I think she reads all the books in that store. No, really. Oh, that's nice. Uh, yeah, it is wonderful. Because if you ask a bit about this one, then she'll say, Oh, no, my dear. It's crap. <laughs> but she said, this is a really good book. And, and I wasn't really looking for something on love. But she was like, she saw me looking in that section. And she was like, hmm, so, you know, this book is really great. And I was like, okay, she always does that because she knows that I like Malcolm Gladwell and often I come in looking for his books. And then she said, you want to read this one. And O-M-G. Oh, so you know her. So if you, you've been there before. I've been there before. So I've been to this bookstore before. How, what happened is that uh, years ago, her son was murdered. And instead of becoming a bitter person, she decided to open up a bookshop. She actually really just changed her life. The death of her son seemed to change her life and her husband's life. Because they, instead of uh, becoming, I mean, it's horrific to lose a child. But instead of, of, of be internalizing the pain, they decided to work within the community. So they have a soup kitchen that takes place on the weekends. They have this bookstore. And yeah, she was complaining about cigarettes at the moment because she she smokes a lot. And she was like, I don't even have a fucking slip for this uh, cigarette that I'm smoking. Just in case these cops come in and ask me where did I get my cigarettes from. Yeah, I'm sure it's... Ten cartons. Ten cartons before lockdown. Yeah, all the smokers out there really mm. struggling through this period. So yes. we've got to have a moment of silence for them. Carry on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So, we all know at least one smoker in our lives, so... But so, I was yeah. asking if she likes, because, you know, I feel like, you know, you got to know your trade. So, you know, as a book, I can just picture myself as a bookstore 
a bookshop owner you gotta kind of suss out the person as they're walking in mm-hmm. and 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 try and you know recommend stuff that would actually based on your assessment and i guess that would come with yeah, she's time and years and i feel like yeah yeah you know so yeah that's actually quite interesting yeah but anyway. she's super good and so this, she, yeah so she recommended this book yeah she recommended this book so today i was uh, so i you know i've been reading bits of it and the, the interesting right and really it is so the back reads, do you feel unloved? Do you tell yourself that your partner's either not loving you enough or not loving you in the right way? Mm. No, these are not problems I struggle with. <laughs> <laughs> you reckon? Yes, because I always, you know, I'm always the first to be like, if you're worried about someone not loving you enough, it's because you don't love yourself enough. Mm. You know, mm. I'm always there just yapping about yeah. that. That's the True. one thing I'm always going on about. And whenever a person says, you know, they just didn't love me the way I wanted to be loved. And, and then I always ask the question, so, did you tell them how you want to be loved? Yeah. So what happened? So, now, I found this really, really... So There are quite a few sections that I highlighted, right? Mm-hmm. But the one that really touched me the most was... Uh, the one around non-receiving, rejecting love in committed relationships. And, you know, for me, committed relationships mm. is not just uh, marriage. marriage. Yes. It's families. Yeah. It's yeah. friendships. Yeah. It's, it, it takes so many different forms. People that you work with in a team as well. It's a committed relationship. Why? You guys are working towards the same objective. Yes, exactly. mm. That's the way I view it. No, definitely. But yeah. Sure. So, so... They had some very, very interesting points, right? And some of them I was like, oh, I remember this. And because you look, you start evaluating different relationships that you've had mm. with different people. And you, when, 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 when you're reading something and it's reflected in what uh, you can reflect on it, you realize that actually, you know what? This is really something. So I'm just going to read an excerpt uh, titled Connecting the Dots, right? We've already seen that many of the problems partners have in relationships can be traced back to large and small incidents in their separate childhoods. When their natural needs and expressions were ignored, disapproved of, or intruded upon. Because the response to parental disapproval or neglect is to reject in yourself whatever your parents rejected. You grow up to be a partner who carries a measure of self-hatred with you into your relationship. This self-hatred is not benign. It forms the basis of specific problems that are common in intimate relationships. So, when I just read that part alone, I was asking myself... That's a mouthful. Mm. Yes! It's It's very, very deep, yeah. Yeah, I was asking myself, like... What are the things that have been said to me, maybe be it by someone that I looked up to as a child that really, uh, what you call this? Impacted. Impacted me. Mm. Um, what are the, some of the things? And, and not like, oh, you know, but where you realize that that really actually had an impact on you. But, and not because now you want to bemoan it and make, make them seem like they are horrible people. But I mean, the first one I remember was, I talk a lot, right? And I was busy yapping about talking to my grandmother. And she looked at me and she said, don't you ever shut up. 
Mm. Problems. And, but I remember the, the, the feeling I felt. Like, mm. I felt like I really... Did you feel at that moment that you talked a lot? No, I felt deflated when she said mm. that. The way mm. she said it, there was so much, like, don't you ever shut up. Because that, that statement can make you go one of two ways. You can either agree with her and take it and say yes, yes. or you can feel leave that conversation thinking, ah, does she mean I, I talk a lot? And then it can actually have the reverse impact on you. You know what I'm saying? Well, so I how did you? Talking. So how did you? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and here you are still talking. She did it. <laughs> I never stopped talking. Yeah, yeah, no. Mm. I never stopped talking, but I, I remember, I thought, gee, was lady. <laughs> yeah, yeah. One, I felt deflated, and then I was like, this woman really doesn't like me. <laughs> that was my, my, my take home from that. Just like, gosh, I must be such an irritation for her. Yeah, that's because, what I mean. Yeah. You know, the way she said that, I felt rather deflated uh, from it. But I don't think that I, I carried it with me for the rest of my life. I just thought, oh, okay. So when I was around, I just wouldn't talk as much anymore. I would just keep quiet and, you know, measure myself. Mm. Only if she spoke to me would I then interact. But you know the greetings, the this, the that—that that was fine. And I mean, again, it's just personality as well, you know. But I thought of all these different things and how they impact us differently because, you know, these actions lead up to something. So, do I continue? Do you guys have something to add to that? Continue. Well, actually, have you guys had any moments? Actually, let's, let's talk, you know, does anybody feel brave enough to unpack that? Well, I remember the, like, in terms of not feeling smart enough, you know, because you and I went to the same schools, and you were older than me, and each teacher you went, you went with before me, they would always say, but you're not like your sister. She has such neat handwriting. She knows all her words. She knows all her math. And you're just like, okay, cool. So, you know, for me, it had you, you, you carried on talking. For like me, it had the opposite effect. Because I just, first I didn't understand what was happening. But like, I was just like, okay, cool. Let's just be my portion in life. And it's like, okay, cool. I'll accept this. I'm, I'm not that smart. And then it's also like, you know, it also goes in with like conversations you have with people, you know. So like when people will be having like deep conversations and all of that, I'll, I'll always I'll always be the joker. Mm-hmm. So that I, people don't really ask for an opinion. So you use um, laughter as as a deflator, yeah. Well, or deflection, smoke yeah. Smoke screen, smoke screen. Yeah, smoke screen is the right word, yeah. Smoke screen, yes. And besides, you're not even funny. You're not funny. You're not funny. You're not funny. You're not You're not funny. You're not funny. You're not funny. You're not funny. You're not You're not funny. 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 You're not we get into situations where we experience different things mm. and we brought up the same way and everything, but the impact on us 
is different. It's different. It's different. Yeah. Yeah. So from from my side, I think it's more of a well positive. Um, I think well, it's got its negative aspects. But one thing my mom always used to tell me was um, make sure in life that you sort yourself out, that you are always independent. Don't rely on anyone. So that's kind of I always took that advice, and that's something that always kind of stuck with me. But so now you've got two aspects to that. You've got the whole part of you that's like that pushes you and says no drive uh, it drives you and says oh no do your best you know become independent but then on the other aspect of that you become distrusting you can become distrusting of people and i think that's mm. what that's what it happened you know as a as a as a converse to that um you you build up this thing where you, you say trust yes you 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 only you know can rely on you and people can be uh, unreliable and um, all of down. that and e- exactly and so as much as it, it, it made me stronger as a man it also flipped another aspect to say am I not as trusting of people as I necessarily should be and of course this can translate to many aspects of your life mm-hmm. um, and so I think for me I had to become cognizant of that and of course make the changes and necessary to not be you know, as distrusting, um, etc. But uh, yeah, that's one of the examples that but I is would it say. distrusting or is it just like I I hate this word pride. Well, like is, is it like something of a like I'm just proud. You know, I I don't need anybody else's help mm-hmm. beca- because of pride. Because I've always gotten it. So like now it's just gonna be weird if I go and ask somebody for help. So. I'm going to be, I'm going to choose this and I'm not going to ask for anybody's help. And even though it's difficult and I'm struggling, I'm just going to close my eyes and do it because I can't afford help from anybody because if I ask for help, then it's like some, they're going to have something over me. Mm-hmm. Like, is it more that than distrust? Well, I think for or is me, it in the same WhatsApp for group? me, in terms of my relationships with people, I would always afford them that initial that initial trust that you would afford a person mm-hmm. when you meet them. You're not always going to think that somebody's going to stab you in the back or uh, etc. Right? Um, but at the smallest thing, at the smallest disappointment, you're like, okay, cool. That's what my mother said. That's what she was talking about. Well, you know? And then you're like, okay, cool. Distance. Okay, cool. Redirect. Because you don't want to go down this road. So you get firewalls that start being raised unnecessarily because of or because of that you know so for me it wasn't necessarily a pride thing i think the pride issue is also a very big thing that we actually experience and struggle with as society because people are struggling out there you know mm. and it's all about appearances Pe- mm-hmm. people want to put off a certain appearance mm. that they are okay Mm. But actually, back at the ranch, they're not okay. Mm-hmm. And um, that is problematic because you end up isolating yourself. But that's why we've seen, I would imagine as well, you know, what, what, what this lockdown period became is that a mirror for people. Yeah. So if you constantly have to see the parts of yourself that you didn't like in the first place, what are you going to end up doing? Something drastic. Which, when they say, you know, people have, have committed suicide, it's often because there's a lot that they were... Were, were seeing that they didn't like and and it just got 
overwhelming. Look, I'm not a specialist. I don't know anything about that, but I can imagine that um, some of the things that torment us don't have to torment us, but they can torment us to the point of death. Yeah, because you create that. And we give it that power. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you create a self, to my mind, a self uh, isolation. Mm. And you create the space where you feel you're alone. And everything then spirals and stems from that, you know. Um, and then that can then not, might lead to, you know, that outcome that you had suggested before. So I think that was one of the things for me. Um, and of course, my mom, when my mom said that, she was, you know, trying to give me advice. Yeah, bro, this is what you must do. Like, you know, mm. uh, be self-independent be self in, you know, independent and just look out for you and make sure that you've got your stuff together. But it's just, you know, sometimes it just made me realize that somebody can have a good intention. Um, and I'm grateful for that advice. But at mm. the same time, it can also have a spin-off yes. to it that we yeah. don't always but realize. Reaction, there's a reaction. Exactly. Newton's law. And that's something I had, mm. I had to realize. And I mean, it took me a good number of years to realize it. But I had to realize that and put in the necessary steps into place to make sure that it doesn't become a negative thing. Yeah. You know, because you can also drive people away. Absolutely. You know? Mm. Um, and I don't want that. I yeah. don't want that. So, so yeah, but big ups to mom, you know. She's mm. amazing. You yeah. love mommy. No, the thing is, I mean, all our parents want to do the best for us. That's, mm. that's essentially the mm. basis of it. And often their perspective is also informed by their own upbringing, Ex- which is unattached and in the next mm. point. Yeah. So following is an outline of how parental rejection leads to self-rejection which leads to an inability to allow oneself to receive love and a consequent inability to give love. Mm. That's an important point. Mm. Yep, imagine. The, uh, key things. Inability to allow oneself to receive love and consequent inability to give love. Yeah. So, being unable to receive then means you are unable to give. Mm. So it starts off and it says, one, when we are born, openness and receptivity are our natural state. Sooner or later, our parents or caretakers uh, wound us, right? Mm. Um, The wound occurs when a caretaker does not properly deal with our normal developmental needs and functions. The wound comes in the form of either neglect or invasiveness of some aspect of our natural self. We split off these dangerous self-parts because our caretakers do not support them and these self-parts form what we call the missing self. So I think to Pam's point when she was talking about how your teachers are your caretakers. Yeah. Mm. You spend eight hours of the day day, with them, you know. So when you get to school and you get told, oh, you don't know this and you don't know that, I can see how then it can, you know, Form the missing self. Mm, mm, mm. And also the other point there is that, you know, it's the concept of love. Mm. Yeah. And how we express and how we... And our relationship to the... Yes. With, with, with the idea of love and how we, you know... Um, and that's an important point, the ability to receive. Yeah. Because as much as we always think, you know, the typical classic, oh, it's giving, love, mm. we just give, we give, give, give. But we, we see it, you know, examples where... In situations where you're just giving all the time, and not receiving, and not and not receiving, you know, we become empty mm. essentially, you know, and um, and then the the ability to not receive 
mm-hmm. a very common thing that is actually not really that we don't really pick. I don't, we don't pick it up often, and we don't realize it. Yeah. But it's in, and it's in the small things. Yes. Like in the, the ability to accept a gift. Yeah. The, the ability to accept a compliment. The ability mm. to you know, it's it's in those small things. Absolutely. That's what love is. Yeah. Mm. You know, and that's self love, and. You know, we know that we need to love one. You need to love yourself. Mm-hmm. That's true. In order to be able to give it to somebody else. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if we can't even accept these small things, where you know we we being told, oh, you look good today. Oh, you smell oh, nice. Yeah, and oh, you 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 gave such a good presentation. Mm. And in you in your mind, you're like, no. Yeah, no. Actually, it was just average. Yes. It was just okay. Immediate response is like, oh, really? No, I don't think so. Yeah. Exactly. And walk away and from And that's that lack person. of self-love and lack of confidence and belief in oneself. Absolutely. So, yeah. But anyway, you can, uh, you've got uh, the other excerpt there. Yes. There are 10 points, in fact. <laughs> Every time we are wounded and split, our conscious self gets smaller mm. and our unconscious self gets larger. Our available pool of skills and resources is depleted and our unconscious burden of rejected parts grows heavier. Instead of being able to meet the demands of life with a full complement of emotional and behavioral options, we meet life with a limited number of defensive reactions. And the defense arises from the unconscious. Yeah. The things that we've suppressed. Because it says, mm. the conscious gets smaller and smaller because we are rejecting every part. I'm not smart. Yeah. Mm. I'm not good looking. I'm I can't not... make decisions. Yeah. And, and all of those things become... Suppressed, mm. as it mm. were, mm-hmm. and drive the behaviors. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. We use common defenses, including becoming overly controlling. Compensatory. <laughs> <laughs> you went, yeah, it's six o'clock. Hey, 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 You reckon, you reckon you become a time freak? Hey. <laughs> a time control you see me here. freak. <laughs> You know how I am with time, guys. We all have our our, our little quirks and perks. Me's <laughs> <laughs> toying. Self-absorbed and symbiotic as ways of trying to protect ourselves from further pain. Mm. We try to micromanage our environments as a way of keeping ourselves safe. Mm. Or we hold tightly onto what's left of ourselves as a way of protecting against further encroachment. Mm. So, like, this is your environment, this is your small space, and no one must come and interfere with my space, because this is my safety zone, my safety blanket, this is what I have control over. Yeah. And that could be a a, a manifestation of the actual lack of control that you actually feel in your entire life, or that you've had previously, Mm. um, and then it manifests as as such. Yeah. In addition, we try to make the pain of rejection go away by denying our needs, which were the cause of our rejection in the first place, and replacing them with defenses. We resist satisfying our needs in order to activate, to not activate the wound. The purpose of our defenses is to put the wound and the pain it is causing out of consciousness. Yeah. Then... We try to fill up the emptiness of our defenses, cause 
with things that only add to our unhappiness because they aren't what's really missing and because we embrace them excessively through either self-indulgence or self-denial. We grab onto food, drugs, work, parenting, gambling, spending, starving, or other compensating behaviors mm. and engage with them in an extreme way. In everything we do, there is the hint of the strain of self-rejection or self-hatred. In order to stay in contact with our rejected self parts without having to stay conscious of them, we project them onto our partners, onto your family, onto, mm. you know, so they take, they take a different, <laughs> they take a different form. form. Projection. Yes. Yeah, it's a huge, huge. The Issue. degree to which we carry self-hatred is the degree to which we can't receive love. Mm. Yeah. So the more mm. you essentially, from what I understand from this, is that the more you actually, you know, hate elements of who you are, the harder it is to receive love. Yeah. It is so painful to yeah. become aware in the form of appreciation or love of the parts of ourselves we have rejected that we resist and reject the gifts themselves and sometimes we reject the people who bring us the gifts mm. yes mm -hmm. inability to receive mm -hmm. absolutely so it and, and to the it. point that you were raising when you said it's it's actually the, rejecting um they have different subheadings the many guises of non-receiving you know um once you know what to look for through self-rejection, it's easy to spot. Whenever someone's having trouble receiving something positive, you know it's because the would-be gift has hit him or her in a sore spot. In a vulnerable place where the person has tried to deal with a wound by disowning the impulse that triggered it. An individual who is having trouble receiving love will show it by consistently deflecting the positives mm. or absor absorbing the negatives. Both actions are the evidence of the vigor with which the negative self-image is defended. Positives cannot be let in because they run counter to the carefully constructed sense of self that has been achieved. At the same time, negatives are let in without examination because they validate the same negative sense of self. It's so deep, guys. It's deeper than Tupac and Biggie. <laughs> no, really, it is. Yeah. No, it is. And there's it's just so much to actually grasp and yes. comprehend. Yes, to unpack. Like, mm. there's no way we're going further than that one, the last paragraph I just read <laughs> right now. Because, like, you actually even see it with yourself. You know, when, um, when, when I was fat and, because I hated it. I was just uncomfortable. It just, you know, couldn't walk. It was just, it wasn't nice, you know. And, um, you know, you say, oh, let's go for a walk or need to lose weight. The amount of, because it's something I was rejecting and hating, I hated so much. Like, it had such a negative effect. Like, I would get in by, I'll throw fits and I'd just be so angry. People like, you know, just leave me alone, leave me be. Like, why do people always have to, you know, go on and on and on? They already know. Don't they know it's difficult? It's not easy. And like, you know, the, but the minute, you know, I 
I started working on myself and accepting myself and loving myself, you know, it, you realize that, you know, it wasn't those people. Those people were just trying to help you. They weren't trying to demean you or anything, you know. But because you weren't ready to love yourself or actually see yourself in... Um, in that aspect, in the trick, in the in the mirror can be quite tricky. Like your eyes, not even the actual mirror. Your eyes can be so tricky because you can see yourself and you be like, okay, okay, so I am a little bit big, but I'm not that big, you know. Or you look at other people. Like I always used to say, well, I know I'm big, but at least I'm not as big as that person. Or I can still do this, and I can I can still walk, you know. I'm not I'm not in a wheelchair and all of that. So so like you know it was so easy to point at other people it's like stop looking at me i'm not the only fat one or you know just mm. look at thee look at the, or look at yourself you know you're not a, you're not a size 2 you know i was always you know and then now i'm just like you guys i'm sore <laughs> it was just difficult <laughs> and then like and then you think you've gotten over something, right? You know, I've learned to love. There's so many aspects to loving. And again, many doors and corners. Trapdoors. <laughs> and trapdoors upon trapdoors, you know. And then, you know, um, you, when you get to, you know, you get to your, your goal, your goal weight. And then you get so scared of going back. Mm. To how you were before, that um, even if you like, because it's natural, you know, weight fluctuates. You know, sometimes you're big, sometimes you're small. But like you know, if you, as long as you keep within your healthy weight limits, you know, mm. you should be fine. But like you know, if if it's still such a trigger for you, like you yeah. know, going back to your your previous weight, you know, even. Even somebody mentioning mentioning that, and something you obviously have to deal with, you know, as you get used to yourself and learn to love yourself, because it's a continuous thing. But like, um, you know, somebody be like, "Oh, okay, you're looking a bit fuller, or your cheeks are, you know, cheeks a bit raising." You're just like, "Yo, yo, 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 yo." I'm, I, you immediately think, you know, you're 90 kilograms. You can't walk. You have a broken. Your ankles are sore, your knees are sore. <laughs> you immediately start going back, and it's just like, no, chill. <laughs> you know, it's just three kilograms. Unfortunately, because of who you are, it's more evident, you know what I mean, than most people. But, like, even if it's just a little bit of, even if it's just an extra three kilograms, you know, it shouldn't be. The anxiety. Mm. Anxiety is, is huge. If it takes you down a, a full spiraled roller coaster where you just going full panic uh you know that's that's when you know that there's still more to there's still more to do there's still more there's yeah. always more to do there's always more to do it's never it's a never ending story you know learning yourself and learning so would you say that somebody commenting about your weight would you say that that was a trigger yeah and i suppose you know it will always be a trigger but again, you know, my triggers aren't other people's responsibilities. 
You know, people will always have an opinion, even if, you know, you lose weight. You know, you got to the point where people were like, listen, my one cousin, she actually refused to hug me. Because she said, you look like a completely different person. I don't, I, I don't know you. It's scary looking at you like this. And I'm like, how? She's like, you're just so thin, you're just so tiny. And I'm like... What do you want? Do you want me to be fat and unhealthy and miserable? You know? So and and so you know it's 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 just a thing of like exactly it's like you can't win either way you lose. So it's just you know making peace with it and you know breathing through the anxiety and seeing where the person is coming from and then taking it from there. If it's if if it's coming from love and concern, then it's like okay cool person's not being a cow but if it's you know but if, it, if, it, if, it, if it's coming from a from a you know you have those people who again you know because because it they goes back to that as, as well the people who who, who 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 point out who point out it also goes back to the things about themselves that they mm. have rejected and they dislike about themselves and they can't mm. appreciate about themselves and they have so it, it, it's not it, actually it's about such, you, it's about them. Absolutely. Mm. And that's why I really, I'm advocating for people to really read this book. And it's going to be a slow read because, woo! It's a lot to actually... When you're busy mm. unpacking that and then... Because, you know, we're having this conversation right now and you're unpacking stuff. But you, it, it actually... It, like, when I put it down, there were, it, it, my brain kept on... With the process of, of, of taking into going really back in the memory bank and kind of looking at not, you know, pulling out files. Yes. Yeah. But I think this is also. It is pulling out files, but like yeah. understanding those files more than anything. It's mm-hmm. like, oh, well, that it makes sense why this person said this or acted this way or did this thing. And why I reacted in that manner. Mm-hmm. Mm. It makes sense. Okay, and then you move on. It's almost like um, a closure. It's not necessarily uh, also, I, I think sometimes, you know, moving on is, is it, it has many different forms as well. Because, you know, the, sometimes we give the impression that moving on means never speaking about something again. Mm. Yeah. Mm. No, but it's also like, you know, moving on can be still speaking about something without the emotion. You know, like. You don't have to Without speak of the negative, the negative emotion, emotion, whether it's the it, yeah. it's the anger and the venom attached to it, or or the constant tears of like, oh, these person did mm. me so being, so being held in that moment. Mm. It's like oh, because you can talk about like as as a as an aspect of it happened. Yeah. You know, and I you can use oh, I'm cool you know, when she lost yes. her husband and her kids. Yeah, all you know, in one month. All in one month. She lost her husband and her last one child. And, you know, she gave her time, herself time to be, to be sad. But then she said, you know, at some point, you know, she had to give it to God. You know, and, 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 and stop the healing process. Or else it would eat her alive because the pain was just so much. So she still talks about her husband. And her and, and, and her child because they both died in tragic ways, but when she speaks about it, you know she focuses on the she doesn't focus on how they died, you know she focuses on who they were as a human being, how they lived, and it's always she talks about them with love, 
You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. There's no pain. There's no. There's no set. And that's just you know a beautiful part of, you know, accepting. And she found peace. And but moving. You know, as difficult as it was, mm. that somebody who really worked towards choosing. Because I feel a lot of the things in life are choice. Yeah. Like, for example, to forgive. Yeah. So every day you got to wake up and decide you're yep. forgiving in, for this particular person for mm-hmm. what they did to you. Because the anger will still be there, but you're like, okay, the forgiveness is going to be stronger than the anger. Yeah. yeah. And, and that's the constant process and the choice that you have to make each and every day. Mm-hmm. And, this, and I think what we're also alluding to is this concept of being more... Um, conscious in yeah. our lives because I think a lot of us people in general are just going through autopilot yeah. mm. you know and we've got these behaviors that don't make sense that are negative and pathological mm-hmm. but we don't know where they're coming from number one we don't identify them number two we don't know where they're coming from mm-hmm. and we're not willing to go there we're not willing to go to it's too, painful. it's too painful we're not willing to go to those places in our within our sub unconscious as you uh, mm. spoke about earlier all those unconscious things that we just want to suppress and bury um because it's too hard it's too difficult to mm. actually deal with it um we don't want to go there yeah. we don't want to go there and that's why pam when you were talking about your weight loss journey you made the decision and that is part of loving yourself is that you made a decision to say i'm going to go there and deal with it and deal with those things that I never wanted to deal with before because it was too hard. But you had the courage enough to say, I'm starting the process. Mm. And that's what facilitated your ability to get to where you are and now. And the universe just aligned its way to make it easier. And it's me. about timing. Well, I don't know if having a gun held in your head <laughs> is about the universe aligning or the universe holding you at ransom to yeah, go no, back yeah, and no, I think check could have done with without. Consciousness. I think you could have done without We could have done without uh, that, uh, that situation, <laughs> for sure. We, we really could have. But I think a lot of it is about timing, you know. Mm. And, you know, I think for you, it, it was about the timing. It was. Definitely. Um, but I think... Even, that you, even uh, the entering the pick and pay that she was <laughs> held at the gunpoint. You were meant to enter the pick and pay. We, you still have to have a, a convo with... <laughs> <you're meant> <laughs> <to> <laughs> okay. Like, why I had to exact, enter, like, you know. Just to establish the exact reasoning... You know, that whole situation. Like we could have went on this process without that, without this you whole. Know? I've already was, you know, why, feeling why time type of way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, so I think, and and that's what all of this book is also speaking about. It's a, mm. it's saying, these are this is the pathology. This is what's wrong, and where does it come from? Mm. It comes. It starts from from when we were small. Mm. Those disappointments, those hurts, those rejections, those. Mm. A, a, a lack of affirmation when we've done something right, you know, mm. um, all of it, and we are not conscious of it, obviously during at that present moment in time, but it manifests itself, and it's now saying, okay, guys, can we do the work? Yeah. Mm. Can we do the work? And I think South Africa is a prime example of that. Even the world, um, as it is, as it currently stands right now, because y- you know that there's a lot of work to be done. When people continue There's hurting themselves mm. in the manner in which people hurt themselves, be it in their relationships, be it in how they conduct themselves in their relationships, be it, you know, it, it, it really, there's work to be done. Mm. No, there's a lot of work to be done. And I think, you know, a lot of people, you know, I suppose that's why the world is that at a standstill, so to speak, because a lot of people, yeah. you know, subconsciously have been screaming for like, Wanting change and, uh, m- you know, 
help. They've been screaming for help and wanting change. So you know, it's like, okay, cool. Here's a collective stop. Collective stop. Work and on yourself. Yeah. And you know, and that's why you all of a sudden you're getting a lot of divorces. Yeah. Like Kelly Clarkson divorced her, is is div- filed for divorce. And everybody's just like, well, they seemed perfect, you know, and they seemed happy. Why is she divorcing him? You know, because she probably realizes she didn't get over her her father her parents divorce and her father's subsequent rejection after the divorce because you know she 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 wrote one song about how her husband it was like you know a, a comparison you know how her father broke her down and then her husband built up and 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 put those pieces which he piece broke, by piece i think piece it's by, yeah it's called piece by piece and mm. put her back together piece by piece and i'm like why is another person fixing you and your problems? Why aren't you fixing you? So it's, it's too much of a burden on the other person. Mm. Again. And this is what we always speak And it about, leads to yeah. toxic and horrible relationships. Even though the person loved you mm-hmm. and was willing to be there. But if you, you know, but he's, 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 he's not your maker. He's, he, he's not you. And that's, and that's, and that's exactly it. That you need to do he's not the work your maker. yourself. He's not you. Yeah, you need to work on yourself, mm. and you can't expect somebody else to come and be fixing and yeah. doing damage control. Yeah, and that's why a lot of relationships are actually failing. Mm. You know, because other people because expect other people to fix them and help them. It's the expectation. I expect you to mm. do this. I expect you to do that. Why? Mm. Why must I do it? Why? Mm. Is that my? Is that my, is that my portion? Mm. And do you know what? You know? Like my my. my like my big main prep besides the fact that I want our partners to all be friends is the is is I always say please help me work to w- work my way towards him but he must also work his way towards me so by the time we get to each other we are perfect holes you know what I mean we 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 we, we are whole in ourselves so I don't need you to fool me and you don't need me to fool you we are just here to do something even better and create more magic, you know, yeah. together. Yeah. Um, there was a piece that I read here that said... And not saying we're not going to have a perfect if relationship. You're not, if, you're not, if you're not receiving love, it's because you're too busy looking for love. Mm. Don't look for it, mm. but be open to receiving love mm. because looking is an absolutely different thing to receiving mm. so on that note i would love to encourage our those listening in to really go back and uh, ask themselves what are the things that they in their lives have wounded them and how are they impacting their current relationships that they have, the different people that they have in their lives. And just remember, the book is titled Receiving Love, Transform Your Relationship by Letting Yourself Be Loved by Harville Hendricks and Helen LaKelly Hunt. Anything else you guys want to add? Thank you. It was actually quite an informative session. We shall see everybody again next week. Same time, same place. And hey. definitely very informative. Um, and it gives one a lot to think about in terms of your own life. Yeah. Um, 
because at the end of the day you're working towards becoming better being yeah. a better version of yourself and better. i think mm. and i think that's what all of this is speaking to um and uh that the journey never stops and that you just gotta keep on mm-hmm. you know, keep on trying and keep on you know some days will be better than others um but yeah and some and some will be some <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh, join us again for car talk where we talk anything but cars this but, revenge are, but engines are always revving yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this podcast was done in a ignition say eh? a ford fiesta boom <laughs> fiesta <laughs>